Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And I have an action step for you guys this week. Uh, last week, we had you guys uh, tell a friend if you like the podcast. That's great. I want you guys, if you're listening on iTunes this week, go ahead and leave us a review. Yes. A rating on iTunes. Yes, would please. Would be really helpful. If you hate the show, skip this action step yeah. and just continue along with the show. No, I'm okay with <laughs> negative feedback. I'll take it. I'll take it. I may bite back, but I'll take it. All right. So that's your action step <laughs> this week. If you're on iTunes, go ahead, leave us a review and, you know, tell other people too. Which reminds me, we need to figure out how to get this on Spotify as well because they're now doing podcasts on Spotify. And I don't oh. know that we've really looked into that. So I possibly just have to find a way of pushing our RSS feed yes. over to Spotify. Yeah. It should be fine. This is why Sheldon is the technical director, because I have no idea what any of those things mean that he just said, but I nodded RSS and said yes. RSS feed takes a little bit to get set up. For those of you that want to do your own podcast, the big hurdle is getting a hosting place that'll put up an RSS feed, and then the way you hook into Google Play and iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and other ones is just have that RSS feed and set it up. And then Every time you post something on your hosting site, it goes out. So our hosting site is SoundCloud, and then it goes out from there. So I just post it on SoundCloud, and it pushes it out to those other uh, media sources for us. So There you go. There you go. I think Sheldon just did my things I don't understand because I literally didn't know <laughs> any of that. He doesn't understand so. the podcast, and I don't understand <laughs> his whole garage band stuff. Uh, that he does, and we record it on, on his yes. Mac, and then it every, magically appears in the Dropbox, and I take it from there. Every time we do this, uh, we, we hook up all of our gear, and Sheldon will inevitably hit a point where he is, looks at me and says, okay, does this plug in here? And I just usually and he always, end up handing a cord yeah, to me. handing Nate. a cord to me, and I, <laughs> I put it in the place. So we both got our, we got our stuff. There's a reason there's two of us and not one of us doing this. And, and right now we're using a lot of borrowed equipment. You can see it on Facebook Live. Yes. It's stuff that we've borrowed here and there. And we would love to have our own equipment, but we both have young families <laughs> and, and jobs that support those families and not much else. Yes. So, um, you know, we're not complaining or anything, but if we are to expand the podcast, get our own equipment, get other people on the show, we may set up a GoFundMe or something like yes. that soon. Um, so check out our Facebook page uh, at the Things We Say podcast. You may be and seeing that in the near we'll, future. We'll try and push something out through there if you'd like to help us expand a little bit. Yes. So that's some, some that's a clean thing. up stuff. Uh, my thing that I don't understand this week is um, who, <laughs> who it actually was who said Hillary Clinton is a great candidate. I feel like she is well qualified for the job. And then they logged on to Facebook and they saw a poorly done meme from a Russian troll and said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to change my vote. I want to know, everybody's been making a big deal about Russian meddling, and I want to know, I want a quantity on the number of votes that changed 
either from Clinton to Trump or from Trump to Clinton. Yes. Because when this, nobody, nobody will say that they messed with our election system, like actually changed votes. Right. Where Americans do this well enough, like right. busing people in from states that they shouldn't be yeah. voting in. Dead people uh, voting. Dead people voting, nursing home ballots being all filled out by staff. Um, there are voting machines that showed up in Philadelphia number of times with 300 votes already on each one. Yeah. And, and there's precincts in Philadelphia, you can look this up, where not a single Republican vote was cast. Yeah. That's almost impossible. Yes. Like no, it's impossible. That's not almost impossible. That's impossible. Yeah, that's impossible. So, so I'm saying there are vote fraud that goes on, and people have been working very hard to combat that. But this Russian thing, this Russian meddling, quote unquote, yeah, that we're spending so much time, so much resources, pulling everybody off of their jobs, which is running the country, to go and figure out what happened in the 2016 election. Who? Change their vote. I don't get it. If you got to keep talking about this, please show me. I don't care if it's Linda from Nebraska. Yeah. Like, give me, give me one someone. person. Absolutely. I, I, want, I want one person to make this all worth it. I need at least one. I could go with, if it's 500 people, I could maybe start to justify a little investigation. Yeah. If it's a thousand, okay, let's have an investigation. Yeah. But... I could I could deal with one. I would yeah. be interested in well, a story of one person who saw a Russian bot post and changed their vote. Without a doubt. And, and and the reality of it is, and I will say that, again, that's just my catchphrase. You may see a t-shirt eventually that says that. Because, the reality of it is. Yeah, I just say it way too much. <laughs> but it's just true, Is is that... It's theater. It this is all theater. It is it is to placate one side, and to try to start strike fear into the other side. That is what this is. Now, is I could have told you, and people are trying to. I think it comes. It stems from an idea of how did this happen? Yeah. I think a lot of people. How can we be are wrong? running around and being like, how did this happen? Well, it's got to be Russian meddling. Well, if it is, please point to a vote. Yes. Because I drove through Western Pennsylvania. Yes. Before the election, and I didn't see one. Hillary sign. Right. And there was Trump stuff everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, if PA goes Trump, like if he takes the Rust Belt of Pennsylvania, if he takes any portion of Pittsburgh and flips Pennsylvania, your electoral map is off. Yeah. Like Pennsylvania well, and, goes and again, blue to red. The, and if Michigan could tip too, right. it's the, over. The whole, thing, the whole thing that happened with Trump was a moratorium on where the Democratic Party has changed to over these years. Oh, and I think because the Republican Party, too. If you look with, back without a, a little doubt, further without to a the doubt, primaries, without I, a doubt. I thought there was no way Trump makes it out of the primaries, right. and the Republican Party got smacked around for where they were at. Right. But, but again, it's like my, my grandpa was a lifelong Democrat, but he was like an old-school Democrat. He was like a Kennedy Democrat, and so yeah. he always voted economy. He always voted economy, and he also always voted economy. Like, that was it. That was that was always – and I remember having conversations with him over and over, and he said, hey, everything rises and falls on the economy. And I was like, eh. You know, and as an idealistic teenager, I had much better answers than that. Um, but that's that's what Trump – Trump won on a, on a 60s, you know – Maybe through seventies Democratic platform. That's what he. That's yeah. what he did. And and the Democrat Party had largely abandoned that and largely abandoned that constituency yeah. for 
that's what my subject was. I want to talk about things that are fringes of society that are being normalized. That's what one of our podcasts okay. need to be. I'm saying it on here because, guys, I have forgotten this three times today, this <laughs> subject. Every time I should have written it down, every time I didn't, and I kept forgetting, and I knew something would trigger it, so... There you go. Yeah, we need to get better at note taking. So yes. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'm with just you there. Just give me a vote. Just with give, me give me one vote. Give me I one need, voter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one voter. Five hundred voters could start to justify an investigation. Yeah. The Be most I've heard is somebody say, "I saw so much anti-Hillary content and no anti-Trump content on my newsfeed on Facebook," but it didn't change how they voted. They still voted, or or vice versa. Like it. You know, I've never been swayed by a political ad in my life. Mostly I say I click that thing that says, why am I seeing this? And I make it go and away. And you know what? I wonder right now out loud if political ads are at all effective. Because, no. because unless, it's, unless it's affecting a generation that believes things that they see on TV. Yeah. But Trump spent so little compared to what Hillary spent and right. he was spending his own money right. and yeah he put some some commercials up there but he was on every media outlet because people could not shut up and stop talking about him right and so he was getting so much free and you saw the Hillary camp complaining about this with so much free advertising from just the media talking right. about him constantly cuz they couldn't wrap their heads around what they were seeing. Yeah. And so they kept talking about him constantly and giving him free publicity. And I'm like, that stuff, people talking about him changes more votes than yeah. because it's letting him talk to more people. Without a doubt. Than, it, than putting up a, a campaign ad. Without a doubt. I think people find campaign ads and robocalls annoying. and all of that annoying, annoying. and awful. Yeah. And if I only got calls from one candidate and only saw one candidate's commercials, I'd vote for the other guy. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> they would have the reverse effect. Yeah, yeah. Like if one guy did no spending and ran for president, like no commercials, and he just said, I'm not going to advertise to you at all. You can come find <laughs> out about me. You can watch the debates. I'll come to your town. Oh, but yeah. I'm not going to contact you through any other media. I think that guy wins in a landslide. I, I think that'd be a good. I think that'd be fairly true. Yeah, I'd be all for that. All right, so today's episode, as you may have seen, is called Play Stupid Games, Win Stupid Prizes. Yes. And it came to me as I was uh, hanging out at a, at, a, at a wedding. My wife's 87-year-old grandmother got married. <laughs> I forgot about that. This is quite the story. <laughs> I'll have to fill you in some other time because there's a lot of personal details, but it was hilarious and, and as interesting as it sounds. And... Um, <laughs> While I was there, my nephew tried to get me going in a game of Bloody Knuckles. He's like just becoming an adolescent and, you know, just wanted to play me so badly in Bloody <laughs> Knuckles. And uh, I'm immature enough to indulge. And so he drew blood from me and I swelled up the back of his hand. And I thought, I haven't played this game in years. <laughs> uh, we need to talk about this. We uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. As boys, we play a lot of stupid games yeah, when we were younger. Very much so. Um, Bloody Knuckles was the first one that came to mind. Okay. And that one, I I think of it exclusively as a bus game. Yeah, okay, fair Have enough. Have you played it in other venues other than well, a bus? I never rode the bus okay. when I did go to public school. No, but say youth group bus. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. camp, you're going yeah. to a retreat, you're yeah. on a bus for yeah. an hour. Now, now, for those who don't know, though, give give a description. What is Bloody Knuckles? Describe that other than Bloody the self-description that okay, it is. Okay, the Bloody Knuckles, the way we play it, and I, the way I played it with my <laughs> nephew, is two guys 
put whatever fist they choose, and but you have to stick with that fist right. the entire game. Right. If you get some loser that changes fist, you gotta call him out right away. Yeah. So uh, you'd put your right fist in, and you touch fists. And as soon as you touch fists, whoever's turn it is tries to smack your knuckles. Yeah. So you touch you you touch them face to face. And then you try and raise up your hand and bring it down on the other one's right. knuckles or hand or arm. Right. Or like, and you're basically striking with the knuckles that you would like knock on a door you're, with. You're striking with your second knuckles. Yeah, second knuckle. And then and you're tr- striking on the back of their hand. Yeah. And and trying to break their finger bones basically. Yes. And and with the or force, blood vessels but mostly. But if you miss, as soon as you miss, it becomes the other guy's turn. And you go until you miss. Yeah. Now, some people, when they play Bloody Knuckles, it goes back and forth. And you either miss or hit, and then it's the other yeah. guy's turn. And they're allowed to pull away, oh, yeah. right? That's the as point. Soon as, yeah. as soon as somebody moves, you can pull away, but you have to come back yeah. and touch up. And if you go to touch up, and you haven't touched, and he tries to swing at you, if you can get it back out, and he misses, that's a shot. Like, yeah. He can take his shot whenever he wants. Right. But usually you touch up, and then they'll do a couple fake swings or whatever. Right. But if, once they raise their fist to try and go down, that's an attempt. Yeah. And so I played this on a bus one time. The whole back of my hand was swollen and purple, <laughs> and it had, like, red dots in there where, like, the blood vessels had kind of just given up. Given up. up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would not quit. And it, it's a game that has... N- a winner, but it's a war of attrition. So, yeah. like the winner just gets the satisfaction of you quitting. Quitting, right? You're like, right. ha! It's I beat essentially you. it's essentially chicken. But you don't want to take on another challenger to prove your metal, right? It was just these two guys went at it until yeah, they until, they died. Yeah, and I actually did not play Bloody Knuckles. I think I played it once. That was not really the game around here when I was growing up. What we played was Hot Hands. Oh, what is this? So Hot Hands is almost exactly the same, except what you would do is uh, you would choose to play, and you would pick who was going to be it first and who would get first try. And you would go palms up, and the other person would rest their hands on your palms. Both palms? Both palms, yeah. So you, so the striker striker is palms up, and it could be the hand that's, you know, so like I could go right hand to left hand or right hand to right hand. But... That was not typically the way I played it. I, for lack of a better term, and I'm sorry if this offends you, we called that the girl version. Um, because if we played against girls, that's how we would play it. Or if girls played it with each that's other, true. that's typically I, I how would, they would play it. We would it. usually play that The way girls. I would play it, and, and which was much more brutal, was instead of going palms up and them resting their hands on your palms... You would, they would stick their both hands out, and I would, I would have my hands up by my ears because then you get a harder strike coming down, and you would get the same result. You would get purple, you get busted, busted blood vessels, you would get all that, and it was essentially you go until one person gives up and has had enough. And half the time, even the winner, you know, their fingers were going to be a mess, you know, from oh, striking. Yeah. Uh, so, so we did that more than bloody knuckles. But again, there was no real winner. There was no prize. It was just. Who can take the pain the longest? You know, it's let's what see. adolescent boys do at sleepovers and yeah. hanging out and and it's not that we cafeterias. and it's not that we don't care about the 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 reasoning. We just don't even question it. No, at somebody that age. started it. Yeah, it's not even a question. Like now, as an adult, I would ask myself, why am I actually doing this? But as a kid, 
Did you ever play the quarters game? No, no. I've, okay. I've never played that. So I, I forgot about this totally until I was like, I'm going to talk about Bloody Knuckles. And I'm like, oh, what is that game where you like flick a quarter in uh, across a table into somebody's knuckles and it just breaks the skin? And yeah. like those go down to the bone after a while. Like yeah. you'll be, you'll You're be all the way cuts. through the skin yeah. down to the bone. And what it is, is you have like four or five guys, whoever's brave enough or stupid enough. And one guy will spin a quarter, and the guy next to him has to hit it with his finger and keep it spinning. So and like the, next guy, the, the next guy is going to try and hit it or touch it in some way and keep it going. And then you have to, the next person has to try. And whoever touches it last that makes it fall, yeah. they have to put their, their first knuckles, when you make a fist, those, those big knuckles straight down on the table, okay. hand behind your back, and the other guy can come as close as he wants and pushes uh, with his thumb, pushes a quarter down into the table and then flicks it towards your knuckles like that. And it just strikes whatever it, edge it is striking you. It can't be in contact with his thumb when it hits your knuckle, but yeah. that's the only rule. Yeah. And that quarter will strike your knuckle and just go straight through the skin. Yeah. And there's always blood everywhere on the tables. And then, you know, whenever a mom or a teacher or somebody comes walking past and there's like, blood on the table they flip their leg yeah and that's yeah. usually how that game ends because nobody usually quits quits yeah they'll um, just offer up a different knuckle by rolling their fist right right without a doubt <laughs> yeah i again i'd never played that one uh did you ever play the table smacking game what's what's that one? it's literally Explain exactly it. what it sounds like so basically i would go here uh elbow uh and palm like on the table for my okay elbow just my your palm elbow on the table. and your palm, yeah. palm down yeah okay and then you would raise up I'm sorry, I've got all these cables that are twisting me up. Then you would raise up like this and smack down and try to get as loud a smacking sound as you could. Oh. And then the next person would do the same thing. And you would just go back and forth until either someone was decidedly consistently getting a harder smacking sound on that, you know, that distance. You know, this is not a full like. Okay, crank so you back raise it smack. up like shoulder height. Yeah, shoulder height and, and then, then just smack it down. down and see who and can you, make and the you, loudest and noise. And you're planting it. You're not like smacking away. It's Letting smack it and, and leave it like on there. Okay. And so it was always a matter of who would quit because it hurt your palm the, the most oh. or who was making consistently the best sounds. Like, okay, clearly there's yes, a winner. Yes, clearly here. this guy's a yeah. better smacker. But again, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just, hey, you want to play the table smacking game? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. You were saying earlier about a spoons game. Yes, spoons. Um, this one's more of a trick than it is really a game, uh, but it does involve physical pain, and it, it, inevitably somebody will do this for a long time uh, because they're trying to figure it out. But so you're kind of tricking them. But here's how it goes. So the spoons game is um, you'll have two people, and you'll be sitting uh, across from each other, uh, either across on a table or chairs or whatever. And um, and you'll each hold a spoon in your mouth. And the rules are... The I'm handle going, goes in your the mouth. The handle goes in your part mouth, out. spoon part out. And so the rules are, I am going to strike your head with the spoon. And then you are going to do that. And we're going to go back and forth until one person gives up because it hurts the most. And it's, it's done on a method of one, two, three strikes. So you have the spoon in your mouth. You tap it on the person's head one time, two times three times, and then you strike as hard as you can. What the person doesn't know who's being introduced to this game is you have a friend standing behind because, of course, you have all your buddies, everybody gathered around watching this game take place. What this person doesn't know is that 
when you are striking their head, there's a person standing behind them that has a spoon in their hand. And so you count, you go one, two, three. And then when you lift up to strike, the person behind them whaps them on top of the head with the spoon. <laughs> so you are, this is actually hurting this person. Yeah. And, they're, and they're getting progressively hotter. So they start off a little lighter just so that they're not really getting what's happening initially. Um, and then they could try to strike your head and it, like, it doesn't even hurt. So they're going to try all the harder, which sometimes will start hurting their teeth or hurting their lips or their jaws getting sore from like getting angry about it or whatever. And the whole time you've got somebody behind them that is just beating the crap out of the back of their head with a spoon. And again, the trick being that when they are getting struck, they have to kind of put their head down and lean forward in order to be hit. Because it's, oh, like right like right on the crown there of the head yeah. as opposed to... Right on top. So it's it's more of a prank than anything else, but I have seen that game go on for like 30 minutes before somebody realized what was That's happening awesome. or before they just gave up. That, that trickery is kind of like snipe hunting, which I've actually done, and we'll come back to this. Okay. But what you were talking about, the smacking the table, the one that I thought of right then, like who can make the loudest noise, was the penis game. Yes. <laughs> have you ever played this? Yes. Are you any good at it? I, I No. No, I'm not. <laughs> there was a time at Garden Spot High School in... Okay, before you get into any explanation, you have to explain what this game is, because this is going to get all sideways. Okay, so the penis game does not involve what you think it involves. It just involves screaming the word penis at the top of your lungs. And it's... Because it's an embarrassing thing to yell right. for certain people, right. and other people who desire to win overrides their sense of embarrassment... Yeah. They'll end up screaming. Now, now, this. and it starts small. Yeah, it's, it's just like it's levels me and up, you right. sitting across the table, and we're bored in study hall, and somebody will just say penis, <laughs> and then you just have you, you have, have to, to say, say it a louder. little louder. Yeah, and and it can be three or four people involved, but whoever starts saying it, there will be a point at which you quit. Yeah, because except. Yeah, I remember one time desiring to win this <laughs> bad enough that I was standing on a table. Screaming the word penis at the top of my lungs <laughs> in a cafeteria. I really wondered if we were going to bring this game up because it did occur to me, but we didn't talk about it at all. But yeah, it's it's true. This that's um, that's a ridiculous. Well, one. it's a medical term. I'm yeah, yeah, it's correct. It. It's correct. But it is funny. I was curious if we would bring that one up. I, I was okay, I was literally the, sitting here before you mentioned. I was sitting that. here thinking about. it. I was like, should we talk about that? One? There you go. One of us were going to jump on that. <laughs> and it's a medical term, yeah. it's a, and so you can you can kind of talk your way but out. But I mean, of it seriously, on imagine, the way to yeah, the principal's but office. But imagine that. I mean, junior high, all the angst that comes with playing that game. It happens. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. And and as as a parent or a teacher, I think there's a certain point where you ignore it. Yeah. And you let it go for a while because you're like, are they saying what I think they're saying? Right. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Okay, this is. This, this is sufficiently needs, loud. Yeah, this okay, that stop. kid crossed the line. We're done. Now yeah. I know who to get. Yeah. So did you win by going to the principal's office? Was that was that the thing? Who who I ends think, up there? I think what happened was it was a substitute teacher for our study hall that day or something, <laughs> and they just did not care. And Nobody was willing to go further than that. And I, I saw where it was going, and it was one of my first times really jumping into that game. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm going to end this. Oh, my I still, word. I don't remember who else was in the room, so I don't even know who to point to to verify that one. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's one. And this oh, is... I was going to tell oh, snipe go, go hunting go. Real Yeah, quick. snipe hunting, my, yeah. My grandpa was the one that actually did this to us. And oh he, he laid the groundwork for quite a while. He would talk about snipe hunting randomly and how much fun it was. 
And I came from a hunting family, and so this was like something I had never hunted before. So he laid the groundwork by talking about what a snipe was, and it's some sort of bird. Yeah. And you catch him in a unique way, and then he'd like feed you bits of the story for a while. (laughs) And what it ends up doing is like you are supposed to go out at night, and you're going to hold a burlap bag open is what you're (laughs) supposed to do. You go out, you hide in the woods, you hold this burlap bag open, and then Grandpa is going to go walk through the woods, and he's just going to scare them, and they're going to run into the bag. And there, I think there's something you have to say. I don't remember if this was just Grandpa's right, version, right. but if it crosses all snipe hunting. But you had to say, like, a particular thing or, like, make a particular call, and then he would scare the snipe, and it would run, and it would go into the bag. And as soon as you felt it flopping in the bag, you grab it yeah. and bring it in. And basically what it was is he sent us all out into the woods and he sat in the house and did nothing <laughs> until we figured out what it was. Because snipe hunting, there is no snipe, there is no, no nothing. It's it is com- purely to get you out of the house it's, and make you go do something. It's purely a made-up game. And so you're out in the woods doing this little call every so many minutes. You know, he had this whole thing and we would go out there and I think he just sat in the house well, and waited and for it, us all to come it back. And it messes with you too because you start hearing things. You you're, start you're hearing sure things you're and hearing you hear, or hear seeing stuff things rustling. rustling. Yeah. And, and you're, it, you, it's dark. Oh, that's what it was. You shine the flashlight in the bag, I think. <laughs> you, we went out with flashlights. You shine the flashlight in the bag, they're going to run into the light or something like <laughs> I have no clue. I'm sure the but rules we, change we were periodically. in the woods... With flashlights, and I remember being out there for a good hour or more, yeah. like, I'm going to catch this thing. Yeah. And he had he had laid some serious groundwork. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had something before <sighs> we went off, and oh, I went back yes. to snipe hunting. Yes, this is the ultimate, to, to me, there's no pain involved in this, but okay. I, I did experience something painful because of it. <laughs> so, did you do the backup from the urinal game? No, this sounds so much fun, though. Okay. When I was in third grade... Was it third grade or first grade? Oh, we're talking back that far. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either way, when I, was, when I was either in third grade or first grade, we had the urinals that went all the way to the floor uh-huh. at our, our, uh, our school. I'm almost positive. Girls, this is why, yeah. like, boys' bathrooms yeah, are, are, are gross. Yeah. And boys' sleepovers, nothing of interest to you yeah. happens there. Yeah. And they smell terrible. Oh, awful. if you ever want to experience something truly horrifying, come into the church, our church, the day after uh, they have done the boys' winter camps for grade just, school boys. It just smells like the most overwhelming smell of feet and unwashed little person and just body <laughs> odor. It is just, and it just sticks. Like all week, you can just smell it. It is not that way with the girls at all. No. Not never. No. I come into work the next morning, and I automatically know whose winter camp it was based on the <laughs> smell of the place. And that's from a place that is very clean. Our janitorial staff does an amazing job. Our custodial There's staff, they're There's nothing that awesome. gets that funk out But right yeah, away. that is just, you, you got to open the windows, and none of our windows open. It just doesn't happen. But so anyway, anyway, back up from the... So, so you start out, so we would play this game where we'd start out, you know, you'd start peeing in the urinal, and you would quickly back up as far as you could... While still getting hitting the urinal, yeah, and then rush back in before your stream weakened enough to and see pee how on far the floor. back you got. And the goal was not to pee on the floor. Oh, like you're trying yes. to keep it consistently hitting but to the get target as far back as get you as can. far away as you can and get back up 
before you run out of time. So, A, you would drink a ton of water during the day and literally save it all up because you wanted to have enough ammo to actually do this for a while because that was the trick, was being was having to, to pee enough that you could do this. So, you know, I and I remember that, you know, you'd back up and then one person would back up a little more when he'd hit, you know, and you'd, it was like this race, but then you had to get up to the front. Yeah. And again, there was no real competition. There was no winner. It was just kind of like bragging rights, I guess. I don't really know. But the way that it hurt me one day was we had this one redheaded kid, and I don't remember his name, but he he always wore bib overalls, like yeah. always wore always wore bibs, like that. I always remember him wearing bibs, and he came in somehow, came into the bathroom late. You know, y'all line up and go to the bathroom together and whatever. So I am backed up, and I'm like. As a kid, like, I feel like I'm 20 feet back from the thing. Like, it felt far, which the bathroom wasn't even that big. No. But it felt like it. It felt really far away. Well, he comes running into the bathroom while I am backed way up. And he literally is, I can see him coming. It was like it was slow motion. And I was trying to stop him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Of course, that was all I could get out because I couldn't think of what to say. And he runs right through my pee stream. So I go, <laughs> I go, you know, waddling up and, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up or whatever. And he comes to the urinal beside me. And he starts peeing and he's kind of glaring at me a little bit. And I apologized to him or something. Or it was like, or I probably did more than like, dude, you just ran through that. You know, that wasn't my fault, whatever. And he's standing there, and then all of a sudden he just turns and pees all over my left leg on purpose, just like full on pees all over my leg. And I, we both went to the office, and I had to wear these like elastic waisted mom jeans for the yes. rest of the day. Literally had those like those the weird elastic ruffly thing around the top. Oh no! And and I had to wear that the rest of the day because this kid had peed all over my pants because he had run through my really epic. Uh, championship level P stream. Uh, and, and I quit playing that game after that. I never played that game again. But there were no winners, but that day there was a loser, and it was unfortunately me. Did you ever play the... Is it Doorknob? You ever play that? I have no idea what that is. It could be called Safety or Doorknob, but okay. it's basically... Doorknob is if you smell a fart, you're pretty <laughs> sure you know who it came from. You can shout Doorknob and begin beating the crap out of this guy <laughs> until he touches a doorknob because he farted and we all have to smell it. And you pound on them until they touch a doorknob. Now, <laughs> proactive members of this group that play the doorknob game <laughs> will pass gas and immediately say safety. <laughs> and if you say safety, you claimed it. We all now know where that came from. But if we figure out that somebody farted and they didn't say safety, you shout doorknob and you, there is no limit. Like you can drag them, you can punch them. I mean, basically punching them. I don't think you're, well, we did tackle people to keep them from the door. Like, and sometimes you were in a building that had just push pull handles. Yeah. Those are not doorknobs. <laughs> Like, you would go down a hallway looking for a supply closet for anything. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. Now, did a, did a, did a like a, like, I don't even know what to, a was handle? it just like the circular or was it like a handle? It had to be count? a, did the handle I think, count? I think if it was a twist handle, yeah. you could say that that counted okay. if he had been sufficiently beaten. Yeah. But I just pictured, usually it's got to be a I round I just pictured you knob. all circled around like curb stomping this poor kid and like just 
just all no that's around. what it is like as soon as somebody shouts doorknob you get on your horse and start looking for a doorknob <laughs> if it was you because you're getting pounded oh my gosh no i i have heard of that but i'd actually forgotten about it but no yes. never i was forgetting about it and remembering it game. throughout our stories yeah. tonight and all of a sudden i'm like yeah. i'm gonna sit here and say safety to myself while nate finishes up yeah. the story because that's the only thing that could keep it in my head yeah there okay there's 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 a game <laughs> this this I think was completely unique to a person that I knew uh growing up in in high school and actually uh there's some of you uh that that know this guy and if you if you hear about it you're going to have to if you if if you're listening to this you got to you got to mess with him about this but there's a guy named Trent Charles that I was on the impact team with that was on the uh the district I grew up with you know whatever and he <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> this is so bad. I can't even believe what I'm saying this, but it's so bad. He played a game that he referred to as the breast cancer game. Oh, no. Yes. And what it was was literally he would get up and have, you know, to, always to guys. This was not a game that was played with any girls. No. But he would get up and he would pinch, you know, pinch and twist the nipple. Like, that yeah. was the thing. And he would say, okay, now you have breast cancer. And the only reason I remember this is because there was one particular girl in our impact team that he talked about the fact that he had breast cancer because other people started picking up on it and did it to him as well. And she thought he was serious. And not only did she think he was serious, he kept playing up to her thinking uh, that he, he was serious, that he actually had it. And so oh, no. she was like going around to all these people in the, in the impact team and talking to them and just like so concerned, like what can we do oh, for no. Trent? And he was... So he was sick and wrong, and we loved him, you know, but whatever. But, yeah, it, and, and so that was his – I'd never heard of anybody else playing that game, and I don't think we did it other than one other trip, but he made it a thing. Uh, is, there, is there a rule to the Titty Twister game, or it just goes back and forth as soon as somebody starts it? I have it? no idea. It's, it's just horrible. It's a horrible <laughs> idea. Uh, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> but it's idea. so funny. It, it, it's, it's funny to watch. I don't think it's funny to do or funny to have done to you, either one. Being the person doing it, I'm like, I don't want to get a, a fistful of that. I don't want to do that. That makes me very uneasy uh, because, yeah, there's all kinds of things that I just don't want to get into with that. But, oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was Trent. I've had, I've had it so purple and so bad yeah. from that. Yeah. Like, once it starts, if you're with the right group of people, that'll go all day, yes, all weekend. All. It'll, oh, it'll yeah. like, never stop. Every If you see a group of guys that are standing around with their hands and their arms, yeah. It's, yeah. it's because somebody yeah. has started that game. And, and, and I'm sorry, again, every, every junior high boy has played tag. And uh, I think you yeah. know what I'm referring to as tag. <laughs> so basically the thing is, is who can you sneak up on and, and kind of with a, with a snapping, flicking motion the with the back of the hand, strike them in the crotch and basically have them fall into a... <laughs> A horrible heap See, on the floor. That was probably the most common. We instituted, amongst my group of friends, there was a thing going around at the time called man law. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this? No. Or any? Okay. I, I don't know if it was off a TV show or something, but one of the rules in man law was that you do not punch or kick another man in the no. groin area no. for any reason Unless it's like life or death, yeah, or something like that. Right. But it was like off limits. Like this was this was part of man law. Like we can beat the tar out of you, like if you're saying doorknob or whatever. Yeah. But if 
somebody violates that, the punishment for violating yeah. a man law is getting hit. Right, the, right, 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 <laughs> right. But but this did not apply to tagging. Yeah, tagging. There was, was a whole, couple other man laws, but I don't remember what yeah, they all were. Yeah, but that that was that was a really common game for us growing up. Uh, <laughs> you know, and one of I my didn't favorite. I played that a whole lot. I gotta say, we we did. Now the man. football we, team definitely. Yeah, we but. did that all the time. And I, well, and it was mostly between the guys I was in a band with. Like, we were around each other so much that you just started doing a stupid thing like that, and it just sustained. Yeah. Like, we would get into into shoe fights, where at the end of a show, we would be cleaning up, and then all of a sudden, one of the guys would throw one of their shoes at another guy, and then it was all holds, you know, all holds, you know, yeah. thrown out the window. You were yanking your shoes off. You were taking their You were hucking them as hard as you could at each other just until somebody got hit in the face, and then it was like, oh, okay, we're done. I was trying to think of but some yeah. of the other ones that I... Oh, Okay, I was going to save this for the last, but it is one of the most embarrassing ones of the ones that I've played. And I know we've gone this far, and you're thinking, like, this is the most embarrassing one? Okay. Yeah, because uh, kids of my generation actually died playing this game. Have you ever heard of the choking game? Yes. I do not recommend anybody no. plays this, no. okay? But but it was a thing. It was the trippiest thing you ever uh, saw. Did you ever, ever see anybody playing it? Yes. I never did it because I thought it was incredibly stupid, but I liked watching it because I was fascinated by yes, it. Yes. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And and I know I'm pumping it up yeah. and tearing do it down this. at the same Don't time. Don't do this. Do, do not, not do, do this. this ever. Okay. So here's how it would go. <laughs> and that you put your head between your knees and you shake your head back and forth. And you basically hyperventilate and you like breathe in and out really hard. Yeah. And you get your body to almost hyperventilate and then you bring your head up and there's a couple ways you can do it. You can either wrap your hands backwards around your necks with your thumb on either side of your windpipe pushing on your jugulars, your, your veins on both sides of your windpipe and you cut off basically air and blood to your head and with your hands and you just squeeze until everything goes black and you fall over. Yep. Um, the other way you do it, and that was also fairly safe, like with your own hands, as soon as you like pass out, your hands go limp, you won't be able to continue restricting the right. blood flow. Right. So blood flow is going to return to your brain. Right. Airflow is going to come back. You're just blacked out for a little bit. Yeah. And off, you know, Yeah. I'll get into what all happens. Yeah. But, um, the other one is where you would wrap a T-shirt where you hold your own T-shirt and you wrap it once around your neck and you hold it on both sides and you do the same thing. Put your head between your knees and you go like, and then like in and out, in and out, in and out for like a minute, whatever it is. And then you like stand up and look, you have to like look at a light or pick a point on a wall or a clock or something. Usually it was a light. I don't know why you would like stare at a light and you go, and you pull that T-shirt tight around your neck like this, it cuts everything off. As soon as you black out, you let go of the T-shirt. There's no... Yeah, we never did that. I, never, no I never saw that one. Okay. That, one's, that one's a little freakier to me. You, you always just did it with bare hands? Yeah. The, the, that's idea, only like, the idea of including a ligature kind of freaks me out a little bit. That's only like <laughs> 50 to 60% successful with your hands because people will let go quick or they won't commit to it or whatever. <laughs> but with a T-shirt, you pull it and you go... And then you like stare at the light and then you poof and oh you go down. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. The problem with this game is that either people would see it played or hear about it played and then they would like 
use some sort of tourniquet around their neck that was attached to something, yeah. or they would have a friend do it to them, or, or something like that. And all of that is very, very bad because you're not the one. In control. You're not in control of that restriction. Now, I've ne never seen the T-shirt one go bad, but I don't know of a way that it could. You're once around, as soon as your hands go limp, the pressure's off. Either way, this is a very stupid Either game. Either way, don't it's play a it. very stupid game, don't but play I've it. played it more than five times. I never In actually played it. I witnessed it, but I never played it. three four different settings, oh and my, my parents never knew about it. And, oh, my gosh. And uh, they will now. Yeah, but, they will um, now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's weird because... and. I I actually have a strange I actually believe that there is something you actually open yourself up to something spiritually in this game and I'm not sure why it is it is either like a near death experience or just what all's involved going on there where you black out but like the reason I say this people will do this and then you could wake up and tell someone a vivid dream like whole dream Mm. That you had. Now, a lot of people were faking, but I know this to be true because it happened to me. You do it and you would like have this full dream, like a lucid thing. And you could wake up and you'd be like, whoa, how long was I out? And that's always what people say when they come, when they wake up, they're like, how long was I out? And everybody's dying laughing. They're still rolling around because <laughs> you were out like maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. Or, or, you know, 10 seconds at most, maybe a little more for some people. And you've, like, dreamed an entire, oh my gosh. like, night's worth of dreams. And you like, we were all at Walmart, and this, was a, this <laughs> whole, like, thing happened. And I don't know why, what it does, but it, it was bizarre. It was weird. Yeah. And you'd get this weird metallic taste in your mouth as everything, like, came back. And why would anyone play this more than once? Because it... It was so trippy. Like some people, some people when they go out, they would like twitch and flop around and like carry on. You're like, whoa, this dude's like freaking out. Gosh. And I don't know. It's like, it was really dumb. Like one of the guys did it and he stood up and fell over and whacked his head on the headboard of a oh bed. Gosh. And I thought he was dead from that. Like, yeah. like usually you'll have people catch you or you do it by a couch or why am I telling people this? I know. And <laughs> you do it by couch or something, so you fall on something soft. And this dude fell and hit his head on the bed, and we thought, like, he was gone. And he woke up, and he had, he, it didn't hurt. And we're like, okay, that is really bizarre. Well, probably was, his body was probably so relaxed that it just kind of... Yeah. That, that yeah. whole game was... Was wicked weird. Like I more was, I more heard about it. I think I witnessed it one time. I think my cousin. Did well, there it was once. like whole campaigns to get it stamped out, yeah. and like because it was bad, and yeah. there was kids that died. Obviously, right. this is a really terrible game yeah. to play. But I forgot about that. It is actually. like a momentary high, and I I think it's probably the same thing that goes around with like mild drugs. I mean, yeah. I, I would say the same reasons for playing it, same ways that it's introduced, usually late at night or some stupid person starts it and yeah. then <laughs> yeah i remember Gosh. one of the girls in college i was doing this at college um one of the girls at college was a nursing student and we're like oh she's here she'll help save us if we're you dying. still did this in college oh yeah this oh, was like 17 gosh. and 18 19 like that age range i'm trying to think how old that that would have been that was 2003 4 2002 3 it didn't go into four. It would have been 01, 02, 
03, somewhere in that range. That's horrifying. That should have been in the things things that could have killed me podcast <laughs> that we did. That that yeah, one should have I been in that one. I don't know why that didn't come up, but that was a really like play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like <laughs> the only thing you won was a really weird story that you couldn't tell anyone, and you lost some brain cells. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that at all. My word. <laughs> I've now completely blanked on anything else we ever did in that realm. Uh, Good so night. we were not allowed to play betting games as kids, but I do remember playing smarty poker in the basement with my cousins. So we played, we played like Texas Hold'em, but with instead of chips, we had smarties. Oh my! God. And the different color smarties were worth stuff. We would play Texas Hold'em with smarties. Um, and Grandma always had lots of Smarties. Well, then you had those Smarties this. that you couldn't tell if they were the white ones or the I think blue we only ones did or whatever it once it was. or twice. Yeah. The white ones or the blue ones? Yeah, they're like they're close enough in shade. Okay. That you sometimes couldn't tell which one was which. Oh. So that would have been a little complicated. Do you know what case. Smarties are called in Canada? Oh no. What are they called in Canada? Rockets. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you ask for a Smarty in Canada, they will give you a box containing what looks like and tastes like large M&Ms made by Nestle. And those are Smarties. Those are Smarties. Why does that have to be different? Like, seriously, <laughs> I, do, do Canadians literally just sit there and think, how do we make people trip by being as much like America as we can, but having these things that make you go, oh, wait, no, this isn't If home. I offered you a serviette, what would I be handing you? I have no idea. A serviette. I have no idea. It's a napkin. Yeah, see, why? That's not Because yeah. a napkin is what a woman would use for her time of the month. See what is what is wrong what is wrong with <laughs> you guys have too much French influence in everything that you do I'm convinced that's the problem yeah, there's just too much French influence it's just a culture that's evolved all on its own north of the border and you can't do anything about it it's literally like that it's like your one sibling that got shut in the attic and you didn't see him for 15 years and then all of a sudden you're like oh yeah but I he's forgot very friendly you. and knows hockey really well apparently good night um, we used to. There was a certain group of friends that we would uh, light Roman candles and fire them, fire them at each other. the general direction of the other people. Um, I thought about doing that, but we never actually did it. Uh, I think that mostly was because I had long hair back in high school, and so I probably wouldn't have wanted to catch my hair on fire. Do you ever play Kick the Can? No. Okay. That is... How is that? I remember my sister got a huge cut on her face from a flying can late at night <laughs> from somebody who kicked it and she didn't see it coming and it cut her <laughs> cut her face open. Which sister and was that? I, I, uh, Denise, I think. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my parents having a fine evening with other adults and then somehow and we then made you ruined someone it. bloody. Oh my um, goodness. But it's where everybody hides and people get caught. There's somebody trying to catch you, like find you, and then they bring you back to a base if you get caught or you get found. Yeah. But if one of the people, without getting caught or tug, kicks the can that's sitting by the base, yeah. everybody goes free. So okay. if you can make it out of your hiding spot. So you had to hide close enough that you could run and kick the can, yeah. but not too far not cl- close enough to get caught. I would play that game now. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm not sure why... I think that's a, a young 
young kids game yeah. to play that not a lot of kids play anymore. Uh, Red Rover is a game oh, yeah. that not a lot of, of kids play anymore. And a lot of kids got injured playing that oh, game yeah. with us. You were, that was brutal. Because you hold hands all the way yeah. across, and then you say Red Rover, Red Rover, let whoever say somebody's name, and they come running across, they try and break through the hands. And, and your reward for breaking through the hands was being added to the line. Added to the line. And, and if, so literally what you would do is the person running, you could pick any point in the line to hit. And, of course, you would always pick the one with, like, the two smallest people or whatever so that you could yeah so that you could try to get through there first you plow them over and then you hold their hands yeah yeah so there were <laughs> there were benefits and weirdness like that was a whole yeah. i can't believe we were allowed to play this at gym class like <laughs> that is just awesome <laughs> oh my goodness um let's see we used to play prisoners base did you ever play that no prisoners base you line up two teams on either side of the field and then um, there's a center line and you could play boys against girls. You could play however you wanted to play. But if basically if you're behind your line, you like have a certain amount of power. And as you run out, as you run out across the field, if somebody comes off their base after you come off yours, they have more power than you do. So if they tag you, like whoever came off their base last before the tagging happens, gets captures that person. Okay. Okay? So basically one person's fresher than the other because they're fresh off their base, and they came off after you tug you. Now you come back, and you get a line of captives that start, like, lining up towards the middle. Okay. And you get this long line of captive people and only a few people on the other side. And if you run towards the line and you, like, slap the hands of the people going down the line... If you can make it all the way to that line and slap all their hands, those people, whoever you slapped before you got tagged, is free. Okay. So you try and free your team, but so it's kind of a variation. You can't. It's, it's kind of a variation on freeze tag. Yeah, but you can't. You can't really post guards at the end of the line. Yeah. Like the guards have to stay back by their baseline and wait until the runner from the other side comes out to try and free people, so they can come off their line and tag you because if you just had a guard from your team hanging out at the end of the line, they can't tag anybody because they're not fresh at all. They, they haven't been back on their base side. Okay. So there wasn't a good way to guard. You just had to put your fastest guys at the end of the prisoner line. And anyway, we'd play this for hours at our Mennonite school <laughs> growing up. We, we played a game that had no name, but we did it one time at least. We, we did a lot of games that consisted of throwing things at each other. Okay. And again, this comes from, you know, four to five guys that were high school guys that were in a band together. Okay. So you, you start getting bored when you're on the road or when you're like at a strange church that you don't know anybody and you're waiting to play or whatever. You just start doing weird things. So we had an old CD that we didn't, didn't sell anymore. And so one day we just decided we were going to start throwing them at each other. So, I mean, like, literally taking them out and, like, frisbeeing them at each other. You know? And they don't fly straight at they all. They don't fly straight. And when they hit you, they cut you. It doesn't matter yeah. where they hit you. And I think we did that until somebody got hit near their eye, and then we thought it was a bad idea. Um, we, we, and I say we. This was Bailey and Andy. I never played this game because I thought it was disgusting. They played a chalk spitting game. Chalk spitting? Chalk spitting. Oh. Literally, we were, our green room for one show was a... Uh, <laughs> Was a had a had a chalkboard in it, okay, and Andy got the bright idea because Andy would do anything to get a laugh. 
no matter what, he would sacrifice his body. He didn't care. If he could get you in hysterics, he would do it. Didn't care. And he took a bit of chalk and would just put it in his mouth and start sucking on it because he knew everybody would think it was weird. Well, then him and Bailey got the brilliant idea to try, like, spitting it back and forth and the other person catching it in their mouth and then spitting it back. And over a pretty decent distance. Oh, boy. So, again, I don't know why this was a thing, but (laughs) it was a thing they did and I, I witnessed. Did you ever play Spoons? The, the, the table game spoons? Yes. Yes. And where, where you go around and then somebody ends up grabbing the pile of spoons. What were we doing? The, that- it, for, for the way I learned it was you had, you had spoons lined up like on a dining room table. And there yes. was, it was kind of a musical chairs version oh, where you have, you have one less spoon. Yes. And, you're, and you're trying to get, I think, a set of four if you get a, a set, set of, of three four, or four, yeah, and so you're going around and you're, it's almost like you're bidding. Like some people do it where they'll just pass the cards on. Yeah, to the you right. pass the cards. The way I played it was you actually audibly call for the amount of cards you need. So if you need two cards, you're yelling two, 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 and somebody else has two, and you swap with them, and you're going and you're yes. trying to exchange. So okay. it's much more chaotic that way. I like that version. Um, and then a lot of times because you're actively trying to bid your cards away, you're not you don't realize when somebody grabs it, but then you realize a spoon is gone and everybody just dives for it. And I actually scarred uh, a girl I was kind of dating. I don't know if we were dating yet, but I was interested in it at the time. I was at her parents' house and a bunch of us were playing that game and her parents were away on a mission trip and I dove across their dining room table and scarred it with my belt buckle uh, because I was just desperate to get that last spoon, which I did get, by the way. So yeah. it was worth it. Spoons is awesome. Uh, did you ever play full contact spoons? No. Full contact spoons is played outside. It's played exactly the same way, except you're in the grass, and there's a you put the spoons on a pile. They're okay. not lined up orderly like, like you would on a table. Okay. You put them on a pile, and you pass the cards the same way. Yeah. And whoever gets spoons grabs the pile and flings these things. And then it's... Whoever can get them. Okay. And you just go, you go at it. So you just throw, you, you throw, throw the, the spoons. You're outside, so you just throw them wherever you want. And they just scatter. And you know and how many there are. And they basically scatter, and everybody will run in that direction and try and grab a spoon. But you can tackle anyone. You can hold them down. You can push them down. You can grab the spoon out of their hand. And once you make it back with the spoon, you're still in the game. Wow. And, and again, if you didn't find one, you're eliminated. Yeah. Okay. We played this with plastic forks inside one time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, our youth group had a barn, and this was late at night, and, like, the barn was kind of divided with, a, like, a low wall, and it had posts going up from that okay. right down the middle. So, like, the whole thing was divided in two, and we were on the side with, like, the couches or whatever. Okay. So, like, people would throw these and forks and they would go everywhere Everywhere, and you'd be diving over couches and furniture and tackling people and yeah somebody grabbed pieces of a fork and they got stuck in people and we got (laughs) yeah it was that was madness i i played a weird game with my cousins on the norris side and any of any of my norris relatives listening to this you'll you'll remember this we had we had cousins uh, I was on the younger end of the cousins on the Norris side. Well, actually, I was on the younger end on, on both sides because both of my parents were the babies of the family. But we would play this game where the younger of us would go out. One of our cousins would take us out. And this would always happen in our grandparents' bedroom. Don't know why it was that room recently, but it would always, <laughs> that would always be the one. All the other cousins would, would turn out all the lights, and they would hide in various areas in 
our grandparents' bedroom. Okay. And then our the one cousin would bring us up, and there was some storyline to go along with it. I don't remember what it was, but it was always like this spooky, like whatever kind of story. And they would take you in there and push you into the middle of the room, and then all of a sudden, everybody from every corner of the room in the pitch black darkness would just tackle you and get on top of you. and just It was literally just who can hit this person and, and take them down. Um, and then the next cousin would do it, go out. and the t- So you all knew what was going to happen, but it wasn't until there was one person that was picked like as the trigger person to trigger everybody else piling on them. So you could be standing in that dark room for five minutes without anybody Waiting touching everybody you, to hit you and you're anticipating somebody tackling you and then being piled on by, you know, six or seven other cousins. So it was really freaky, especially as a kid. And I'm talking like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, we would do this. That's and, awesome. And it was horrifying, but you did it. You kept doing it and it was a blast. And I don't know why we did that. It was just a totally random we didn't have a name for it. We didn't really have any Yeah. It was just something we randomly did and I think was a ton of fun. Yeah, and we still talk about it every time we get together. If we get enough of us together, we'll reference doing that, and we'll also reference the time. Did you call it anything? No, no. I mean, it it did it did have a name, but I don't remember what it was. It was. Did you ever play a game with a football called Smear the Queer? Yes, yes. My mom made us change the name. We never came up with anything decent. Yeah, there was never anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't really know where the name origin for that was anyway. Yeah, that just kind of was the thing. But yeah, we we that was the game that would get you in trouble. Uh, on the playground, not because you were playing it, but because when somebody asked what you were doing, who was an authority figure, and you used the phrase "smear the queer," you'd have to quit playing it because that yes. was the phrase you used. That's what. Well, <clears throat> that and we used to shout like "smear the queer." Yeah, and then yeah, like, it's part of the game. Pum, pum. But yeah, so we started doing where we eliminated that aspect of it, and we just did it without calling it anything because then we wouldn't get in trouble for it. <laughs> And it looks like it looks kind of like football if you're not paying attention. I've never understood why you would want to get the ball. Again, it's it's just the pride of knowing that you because we always played it with like an end zone kind of thing. Yeah, like if you can you get throw to a the particular ball, you point, throw the ball up to yeah. a group of, of yeah. people, and if you can come down with the ball, you're trying to get to an end zone yeah. without getting tackled, and everybody's your opponent. Right, and the way we played it though was being tackled did not mean you were down. Like, you could get back up and keep running. True, yeah. yeah. Unless you gave up or, or somebody took the football from you and then they yeah, tried and then they were the person, it. yeah. And again, there were no points. There was no winner for us. Oh, definitely Because no it was winner. every man for himself. This goes on for hours. It just goes on until you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a weird one. And I never, I never really understood. Again, I still don't really understand the terminology of why that became, why that was the name. I probably could look that up and find out. But yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue at all. <laughs> it was quite the game, though. I oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, of any other ones that we used to play. Um, well, you know, I think, I think there's something interesting about this, though, and I'm going to get a little philosophical on this one, but I, I think that there's just such a lack of roughhousing nowadays for kids. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I... Nobody wants to see blood getting drawn. Yeah. Like, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, things, you know, dangerous things should be done, but to some degree, I, I remember reading an article... Uh, by a, by a child psychologist and was saying how it was so important, rough, roughhousing is so important, especially parent to a child, because it teaches a child what does and does not hurt. Yeah. Like it teaches them appropriate levels of, okay, this is, uh, this I can go this far without being injured and, and this isn't actually going to hurt me. This is just, you know, this Bruising. is just play. And, and yeah. I got bruised. I and got so, bumped. And so, but I, like I, like with my, my kids, like I roughhouse with my kids all the time. 
Like Strong and I play a game that he affectionately calls tackle. And what that basically means is either he will come sprinting from all the way from his bedroom into our living room and hit me with all of his little might to take me down, which, of course, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for him to, and it's kind of a more like rock back on my back, and he gets up, do it again, and he'll go do it again. But we've recently developed into this basic thing where I basically just throw and or kick him around. So, like, like, I'll push him, and he'll fall on the ground, and he'll start giggling, and every time he tries to get up, I'll just give him a nudge with my foot or something where he Keep just can't... Balance. Yeah, he just can't get his feet back under him, and he just thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. And again, eventually he'll go, okay, I'm done, and then we'll be done. You know, it's, it's a control thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. I fight um, with my kids. But my favorite one is being able to... He'll call it either tackle on the couch or tackle on the bed, where I will... I will pick him up and I'll throw him on the bed and then I'll grab him by the ankles and I'll flip him face down and throw him on the bed again and like just twist it and turn him. If I'm on the couch, I'll like throw him into the couch and he'll Can lay you imagine on the couch. how cool that would be if somebody could do that? Just to toss you? you around like yeah. that. Yeah. It'd it's, be, I, and I it'd remember be stupid, my dad, awesome. you know, my dad used to do stuff like that with us. He would wrestle all three of us kids at the same time. Yeah. And, to, and my mom shaking her head because somebody was going to get hurt <laughs> and eventually somebody would. And that would yeah, stop the game. Yeah, that's how these things end. Yeah, that's how they end. <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily bloody or a hospital visit, but you know, somebody would stove a finger or somebody would butt heads with another sibling or whatever. And it was just what it was. But that's the whole thing with like doorknob and games like that. Like there's an appropriate level of beating the crap out of your friends that you need to be able to do so that when you do get into a fight, you're like, this hurts, this hurts, that, that doesn't hurt. I I can take this. I can take that. Yeah. You know, the level of pounding that you can take you know, in an actual conflict rather than the first time you get hit in the face, you're like, Oh, I'm done. Like yeah. I'm out. I got yeah. hit in the face. I'm I'm obviously done. Right. We used to play slap boxing where you could yeah. only hit each other with open hands. Yeah. Which I would contest is sometimes worse. Oh, it's it's much more demeaning. It makes people way more angry yes. than actual boxing. If you were to knuckle up and like go at it with your fists, people don't get as mad and it's an actual contest. Yeah. When you get slapped by another man in your face, like <laughs> I get so furious. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that's like, I cannot, I cannot deal. But it teaches you to keep your hands close, to protect your head, yeah. get your hands up by your face. you know. And so you're learning actual boxing techniques, but you're only using your hand. And yeah. you, just get, you just get slapped mercilessly. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we had a game that was just like a slapping game in general, but it was always just one person. You had this one weirdo who would let you do it or whatever, but you just slap them like on their bare stomach. <laughs> just as hard as you could, and you're trying to leave a handprint. That was the goal. Like, how big of a handprint, or can you welt it? Like, it was. <laughs> and I never was the one getting smacked, but I smacked a few people playing that game yeah. in my time. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of this where you're not participating in the ones that I, would actually I am, I am produce the, harm. I am the instigator and not the participator. I was the one growing up who I would actively encourage somebody to do something, and then I would take two steps back and I would watch the whole thing unfold because it just. it. And I and I was I was good at backing out right in time for an authority figure to come in and, and, and yeah. get everybody in trouble. Again, I wasn't trying to get everybody in trouble, but I knew enough to know if we do this, we are gonna get in trouble. I'm starting a stupid thing. But I wanna stupid, see it happen. A stupider person so than me I, will yeah, finish. So this. I will encourage someone who is less inhibited by <laughs> knowledge of how stupid this is and just watch it unfold. And yeah. again, I think it's a little bit of the 
the evil genius that might be within me somewhere that never quite developed uh, because, you know, Jesus and things like that. Because guys like friends that are dumber than themselves. It really, you, you love that guy who you can get to eat anything, get to smell anything, get yep. to get to try anything. It's not that hard to have lots of friends when you're a guy. Yeah. If you are the guy that's willing to cross that line yeah. and everybody can laugh, yeah. they're going to love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we used to do dumb things with gas and gunpowder and things that we should not have been playing with. Yeah. I I remember dumping gas out off the end of a dock yeah. onto a lake with a piece of burning bark in my hand. Yes. And you throw it into the water after it's given just enough time to spread out. And the whole like lake looks like it's on fire like this. And you jump right into it. And it's like hot. Cold like that. Oh, it's goodness. super cool. Have you ever jumped into fire before? You've never done it. It's so cool. Like that is awesome. It is got to be one of the coolest things I've ever. I'm done. surprised you still have eyebrows. <laughs> no, it's not even. It's not even a threat. The fire is on the water. Like oh, there's no danger to anything. Oh, my it's it's so cool. Like. Now, when I'm trying to write my name in the yard in gas and then set it ablaze because I want to see my name in fire and then realize my arm is on fire and I'm like, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, ha, ah, how did it, and like running around the yard, like that stuff hurts. Like that's, that's oh not smart, you know. <laughs> when, you, when you take 22 shells that are empty and you pour little bits of gunpowder in each of them and then take the time to crimp the ends over with the pliers and then line them up and smack them with a sledgehammer. And so they go bang. And then you like close your eyes. And when you smack them, you line it up, close your eyes, smack it because it goes bang, you know, and you want to have your eyes closed so that stuff doesn't hit you in the face. We used to try to start Well, then I would go home and there's, I went home after doing that one time, and there was, like, little pieces of stuff all in my skin. I'm, like, picking at it in the mirror. There's little pieces of gunpowder embedded in my skin. Might have even been some of the shell. I don't know. The shell didn't... Well, the shell just kind of blew. Yeah. It didn't, it, it like, blow out one side or whatever. But I'm like, oh, I was fine. I had my eyes closed. <laughs> oh, you were going to say something. We used to try, try to set things on fire with paper strip caps. It's like you have the old paper cap guns where you put oh, roll, yeah, yeah. you know, roll caps in them. And so you'd take that and you'd put like something dry and flammable on top of it and you'd just take a rock and you'd strike it. Yeah. And try to try to see and the person who got a flame won. Oh, okay. That was there you the go. that was the extent of that. Amish bombs were cool. Yeah. Uh, you'd get a really good uh, toxic toilet bowl cleaner. Yeah. Some to spend a lot of time rolling up lots of little tin foil balls. And you pour the tinfoil balls into a two-liter Coke bottle, and then you dump the toilet bowl cleaner in there, and you screw the lid on, you throw it in the yard, and it swells up real big, and then goes boom. Yeah, and yeah. burns if you get it on your skin really, really Yeah, my bad. brother David walked yeah. up to one of those things because it had taken way too long, and it hadn't <laughs> exploded. It was all swelled up, and he's like, this is not going. And he goes up to touch it, and right then, And it explodes. Boom. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We we played a game at the old church when we were growing up. There were like these these crab they they weren't crab apple trees. I don't know what they were, but they had these little things that were somewhere between they were like hard cherries, like little hard berries that grew on these. And we would take those things and we would huck them at each other as hard as we could and you would get welts, like these little welts. Oh yeah. And that was it. You would just chase each other around and throw them at each other like until 
you got tired of it. Okay, the best one was one that I just learned from our teens at camp probably four years ago, five years ago. Okay. Have you ever done star tipping? I have no idea what that is. Okay, this is awesome, and it's totally See, safe now to you do. See, now you have the benefit of still hanging around teenagers. I do not do that. <laughs> and this is, this is so cool. You need to try it sometime. Okay. You basically get somebody to stand there with a flashlight, and you look straight up at the stars, and it's got to be all dark. And, of course, because stars. You, and you spin around like 20 times, 15 to 20 times, just spin around looking straight up. And then as soon as you're done like stop in front of that person or they'll try and get in front of you and they'll just flash the light right in your face and you just fall right over. No one can stand up. I don't know why it is. <laughs> I thought, okay, I can do this. I've done a lot of stupid things. <laughs> Obviously, this is nothing like the blackout game. I can hold my legs. My legs are going to hold up to this. It's just, You just flash a light. Like, why does that make me fall over? Yeah. And I'm doing it. I go round and round and round. And they flashed it, and I was on my back, like, right <laughs> now. And I have no idea why it works, but it's so fascinating. It's completely repeatable, and it is hilarious. Yeah, that is entertaining to me. I would you, totally you just, be like, down with that. You tip your head back look straight up and spin round and round and all the stars go round and then everybody counts 13 14 15 and then they flash the light in your face and poof, over you go so do you actually black out or do, does it just disorient you and you go down you're supposed to stop and like come towards a person or run towards them and yeah. they'll just flash the light in your face and you just fall over <laughs> some people fall over backwards some people just fall over forwards but there are some funny videos on youtube of people doing star tipping out. That if you're fun. ever at a camp out, it is worth your time to start that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. That's a lot of fun. That's funny. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of spinning around games and stupid things like that that we used to do, but I don't yeah. remember all of them. Yeah. yeah. We used to play a game where we'd do that with basketball, where you'd spin around, and one person didn't have to spin. They were, they were, they were just standing there, and you'd spin around, spin around, and then after X amount of times, you know, it was 20 or 15 or whatever, you grabbed a basketball and you had to dribble it up to the hoop and, and do a layup before this person hit a shot. Oh, And you were okay. out, you know, and then the next person would go, you know. So it was kind of like a uh, knockout, but with that variable. And, and, of course, you're seeing people throw the ball and it's hitting the wall beside the hoop, not even close to it, or hitting the person that's about to try shooting, you know. It was all over the place. Um, or you would just fall, you know. It was ridiculous. Again, no real winners there. It, yeah. It, there was no prize. You win really stupid prizes. Yeah. No, no prize is, at all. And usually it's a prize for being stupid is, yeah. is what the prize is. You are the stupidest. Everybody has their own rules for shotgun. Calling shotgun in a car. Yes. What are they? Well, we, ours were simple. When you called it, you get it. You called it, you get it? You call it, you get it. What do you do for shotgun violators? Anything there? Uh, no, we didn't really have a thing. No, because okay. our parents didn't like the argument, and so we basically just let it go <laughs> for, for fear of pain. We would let it go. Did you have any agreements amongst your guy friends for calling dibs? On it like a girl? On girls. Oh. <sighs> this is usually like happen chance meetings. You don't know this girl. This Camp is not dating. a friend. Camp dating. You know, this is okay. We're in a group with a bunch of people we don't know. Summer camp and dating if, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Or or like uh, some sort of conference or rally or yeah. you're with a, See, a here's, neighboring here's the school. Thing. Here's the thing. And it's like I dated the same girl in high school from barely fourteen 
until I was almost 20. So you didn't call dibs on anybody? No. I I may have had just in cases, but never dibs (laughs) because I, I was, I was, I was taken, I guess, you know, that, that was, that was the thing. So I was, I was excluded from a lot of the strange rites of passage where relationships were concerned. Uh, so no, for me, no, that was not a thing. I don't know that it was too much either for me, but, uh, I know that it did happen. We were at some conference, uh, model UN. I was at one of those and we were, the goal was to see who could get the hottest girl's number. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all weekend. And so, of course, there's a ratio of how hot they were right. and how, like, okay, you got her number, great. Now, but can I up that? Yeah. You know, and that was that was a lot of who, fun. Who was the... Uh, I won. I got Israel's number. Israel? Yes. A girl named Israel? No, she was from the Nation of Israel. It was oh. Model UN. Okay. So, so like, we would all <laughs> represent different, different countries. And, yeah. of course, we're all just, like, I don't know. Pennsylvania kids, right. and we're all together from different schools from surrounding yeah. areas. But I was, I was Syria, <laughs> and she was Israel, and I got. I her find it hilarious that Syria got Israel's number. That's that <laughs> is that is yeah. hilarious. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, all that stuff was pretty actually much it was an email address, but it counted. That counted. Yeah. <laughs> who who was the judge of? Of hotness, like what was the? No, just a group of friends. We, it was something you could easily declare. No, but I'm saying amongst like, a group of like four or five guys. That so were it was just this. to agree. They would all agree. Yeah, this this girl's better yeah, looking. Yeah, she's than obviously all the... hotter than her. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of preference involved, but I mean, yeah, for high school guys, there's a standard, I guess. I guess we never got in. We never discussed this on our podcast <laughs> about the number system. <laughs> my, I, I need to talk about my friend Jeremy's bullet system sometime, which is terrible. Bullet system. It's awful. Oh, no. It's awful. Women, uh, guys women will hate come me. up with these Women awful hate systems. me for referring to this. Women, women hate that guys will often have an A and a B until they're married, like an A plan and a B plan. Like you said, see, but I didn't, just in cases. But I didn't have that. Again, I was always a long-term relationship guy. Like the shortest relationship. How are we getting onto this subject? Okay, we need to make that yeah. a separate yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's going to be a separate system or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, We've but, just gone full circle in the whole yeah. guy guy world. Yeah, all the but, way around. But anyway, we probably need to end this. Yeah, stupid games, stupid prizes. <laughs> that was that. Yes, <laughs> this is, you enjoyed it. This is the essential, uh, the quintessential version of a stupid podcast. <laughs> this so is we a, haven't done one in a while, so we owed you a, a, a really good one. This is the things we say. You can find us at TTWS Podcast on Twitter, at the things we say on Facebook. You can email us. That link is on Facebook and at SoundCloud. And as always, you can tune in next time and find out what we're talking That's about. That's right. Yes, yeah, so see you guys later. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.